This episode of the Screenwriter's Rant Room is brought to you by the Finish Line Script Competition. In its sixth year, the Finish Line Script Competition is the only script competition run by ex-literary managers. Six-plus pages of actionable development notes are available to you, or you can submit your script as is. Scripts can be rewritten and resubmitted for free anytime throughout the competition. Over 40 mentors read and meet with the winners, and the competition staff itself works with many semifinalists on getting their material read throughout the industry. They are here to help writers succeed by improving your script along the way and making sure you get opportunities when your material is ready. So check out what's happening at finishlinescriptcomp.com, now open for submissions. I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Till your fears are diminishing, the doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind in the business, got me stressed in the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerd has got no time for no caca Sass in class, yes that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel, say what you want Welcome to the rent room What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room. We keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we, <laughs> we keep it opinionated, we keep it what, Chris? Wakanda, Wakanda forever. forever. Yeah. You know how we do it on the Rant Room. On the show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. Little disclaimer, Lisa Bolacaja is out today. <clears throat> but uh, we are actually back again. We are the incredible, the rhyme edible. <laughs> we are here in studio. In the studio. See, we're in person for the first time with, in over a year. Okay, with real microphones and microphones shit. Microphones and everything. So <laughs> this is a treat for you listeners yes, to we are, hear us together. We are all vaccinated and shit. All vaccinated. So, <laughs> oh, two things. Sure, go ahead. One, motherfuckers who aren't vaccinated, what the fuck is wrong with okay. you? Okay. Shoot yourself. Uh, yeah. Um, and then number two. Um, oh, I think you want to like. You hear that? Like, yeah. Uh, uh, just turn the speaker down. Just turn the speaker down. Turn the speakers down. Yeah. Uh, like on the computer. Oh, got it. Um, yeah. So I, I believe Carl Seaton has not gotten vaccinated. Really? So it, how, well, how, the last time I talked with him, which how was, was that possible with him being on the day. set all the time? You know you what? Know? I yeah, don't even crazy. know. Well, he's wearing his damn mask and his PPE equipment like that. Uh, also, mm-hmm. our Wakanda Forever. You know, it's the second the second Black Panther is called Wakanda Forever. Is it really? Yeah, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I saw, I, I, I saw the I saw the you know they did it, they dropped that Marvel trailer for the Phase Four. Right. Dropped with all the release dates of all the films and the titles and, and the one for Black Panther, which is coming out in twenty twenty two, is uh it's called Wakanda Forever. Wow. So I don't know if we should keep it now. That point, we we really gotta come up with something new. <laughs> yeah, we like at this point. Uh but anyway, it's it's good to be back here. Mm-hmm. I'm ex- I I was thrilled that you asked to do this in person again. It's always it's been a little hard for me 
on the Zooms. I just feel like I, I just I, I don't know. It's hard for all of us because we're on Zoom fucking all day. <clears throat> you know, then we were on these and, and we do the 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 podcast for damn near two hours. You know what I mean? It's it's a lot. It's a lot. It's you a know? lot. It's really a lot. Yeah, it's man. really a lot. So, but so. I, I appreciate you guys. <clears throat> I know you've been busy, you know, with the show and stuff the last, you know, five, six months. So it's been it's been good getting you when you when we can get you. So it's been cool. Yeah. Yeah. So um, interesting times today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, what, you know what? Have you have you, have you been watching the Nevers? Hmm. I mean, I'm familiar with it, but yes, it's, I've been I've been watching your boys, Eric. Uh, I can't never say his last Heiser name. Show. Heiser that show. show that show is good. That show is good. Shadow and Bone. If y'all aren't yeah. watching Shadow and Bone, y'all are fucking up uh, <laughs> because that is a really good show. Yeah, it's true. It it, it kind of it 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 makes me mad with envy because for the longest time I wanted to do a show that used that kind of like imperial russian kind of like like clothing design and architecture mm-hmm. but said yeah, it's got you all yeah over, sure. but 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 yeah. set it in like a like some like a science fiction realm mm-hmm. or like a fantasy realm and this does a, and this is a good fantasy realm thing yeah, it's, yeah. it's so fucking well done i i can't i can't believe that i mean it's, it's, it's but see, here's the thing it's it's the the first episode it's one of those things that they kind of did in Game of Thrones too, where it's like they're throwing so much terminology at you. Yeah, like, I was a little lost. You, in some the, of it, yes. you, can, you can get a little yeah. lost because you're like, who the fuck are Lightbringers? Who the exactly. fuck are the are, 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 are the Grisha? Mm-hmm. You know, like the land is all different. Oh, like everything is crazied out. Like the woman is the the the, the main character. She's like, um, she's like what she's like a half breed right or something like that they call mm-hmm. her a shoe mm-hmm. but there's no explanation of what that means and they, and they there's no there's there's no visual reference of what those people look like you know which that's probably book two or whatever it is, or season mm. two where it's like hey those other people who we're not even going to show you this season yeah. where she's from or she's, I was thinking they were like some sort of gypsies or something I wasn't quite well, sure but but, but, but but see she looks like she's a little bit Chinese mm-hmm so and but and and everyone else is is either black or white, you know, and a couple couple Indians. So I'm yeah, I'm kind of sure. like, oh, maybe it's like they're they look like Chinese, mm. and that's what we'll get at. Mm. But I don't know. We haven't seen any any reference. There's no prisoners. Right. There's no reference books. There's no paintings. You know, of the battles that people been captured, right. which is cool because it just it just it just leaves this level of suspense and mystery as the viewer, like ooh ooh ooh. Um, it's a really good show. It's a really, yeah. really good show. If you're not the, watching, the thing that I haven't figured out yet, and I think I'm only like five episodes in, so I'm a little behind. <clears throat> I haven't figured out once they go inside of that black thing. Oh, the fold. The fold. Once they go inside of it, I don't fully get the rules. I get there's monsters and all kind of you know flying crazy shit inside of it, but I don't fully understand because there's some people have made it through and they got the little lashes on their arms to show how many times oh, they've been through. Don't do, yeah, yeah, know, yeah, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I haven't yeah. figured out. The rules of that place, I don't still fully get it. Because that one kid, not to give it away, that one kid came running out in the, in the pilot, I believe, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't sure how he made it, how he survived. You know. Well, I well, I, I <clears throat> well, the, the, in that one episode, they were saying that like those creatures would have some name. I can't remember what mm-hmm. the name is. Those are people who've been transformed by the by that dark magic. Oh. Okay. Um, and so, therefore, I think that yeah, I mean, they haven't explained the rules of yeah, you're right. They haven't explained that, mm-hmm. they, but it's not deadly. It's just that you can get killed in it. 
you know, and mm-hmm. those creatures are kind of like a combination of the creatures from a quiet place, but they're yeah, but, but, but they're attracted to light as opposed to sound. Mm-hmm. And because uh, that pilot episode was pretty was brutal, yeah. I was like, ooh, yeah. ooh. Yeah. guy who directed that was the guy who directed the pilot for Deadly Class. Oh, that was him. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought I recognized him. I wasn't mm-hmm. chirping either. That's funny. Yeah. But he was our main um oh he directed the pilot. I don't think he ended up doing the show, if I remember right. Yeah, got it. Um Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. Yeah, but I've been watching that and um, you know, finally caught up on, on um Fargo, which is fucking amazing. The one with uh, the Chris Rock season? So good, I haven't dude. seen it yet. Dude, it's you just gonna binge through the whole thing. It's that good. Well uh, it's that good. And, and even Chris, who I've always been kind of like, eh, he's okay. Like, he's always still missing. He's finally found his – he's matured. Okay. For me. Okay. You know, I finally see why he's – like, he's in the new Saw movie and shit like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, okay, he's finally crossed over. You know, like, we, we talk about this in, in dance a lot where um, – um, or even in singing, you know, where you finally have that moment where you're like – I don't know if you ever saw the movie Rise about the Crump Dancers – and there was a they were out like in the playground and, and they were all, you know, crumping and one of the little girls has her moment and she starts bawling while she's doing it. It's like you finally let yourself go. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? <clears throat> and that's what I felt like. And I remember even working with um, with Kareem Grimes when when I was doing my troublesome and we were in rehearsal and I was trying to get him to this place. And I remember him having that moment. OK. You know what I mean? Okay. Where he finally crossed over and he was and I didn't have to teach him anymore. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like he had that moment and I could see him now when I watch him back. He's so settled. Wow. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying I did it, but we worked through that moment. Right. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. I mean, look, I mean, look, I mean, a lot of times people need someone to guide them like to the like, like to that threshold, mm-hmm. you know, and it's up to them to break through. But 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 sometimes they don't know that they need to be like, hey, man, I, just let me push me, push me, push you. And once you get there. You know, like they'll hit that wall, and if they're really about their shit, they'll break through, and 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 they'll feel that breakthrough, like emotionally, like it, it's almost it's almost like a a, a physicalization of your right. emotional and mental breakthrough. But um, it's funny because my dad was telling me about that the other day, and I and right when he was telling me that late, later on that night, mm-hmm. uh, New Jack City came on, <laughs> and I was like, this motherfucker <laughs> is pooky, and it's like it's funny because he. I don't know how old he was then, but I know he had been in the Cash Money Brothers CMB. I mean, (laughs) he had a little scene in Beverly Hills Cop 2 where where he played like a valet. And he was tripping because Eddie drove up in that damn cement mixer truck. You know, and I can't remember how old Chris Rock was in there. But but the thing about Chris is that he always overacted a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, a little too much. Mm-hmm. And I remember just watching it, in, w- watching New Jack City again. The scene when he, you know, smoking w- crack. And when, yeah, yeah, yeah. By the, by the, by the, by the, uh, what they call it, the, I, 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 the fish tank. I, yeah, the fish tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's that scene. That scene where like where because because uh, uh, Ice T says there's a lot of motherfuckers who who, who are counting on you, right. counting on you like your mama, my mama. She got killed twenty years, all this kind of shit, and mm-hmm. then and, and then he, he can't take the pressure and smokes that crack. Mm-hmm. But the way he's doing it, mm-hmm. it's it's so like it's too theatrical. It's mm-hmm. it's like he's it's it's like oh you're a comedian you've been on stage and you know to throw to the to the back of the room right. and it's like hey bring it's it like back. playing drunk yeah instead of being drunk yeah it's right. like bring right. it back bring right. it back. And it's just like I, I I never felt he really 
brought it back enough. Um, he did a movie a few years ago with, I think, Five Reasons or something like that, or, or with with um, okay. uh, Rosario Dawson's. It's maybe like five or six years ago, mm-hmm. maybe a little longer. I thought that was the best thing he had done to date. That was not stand up. Wait till you see. And, yes. uh, so I want to watch you, this. You were just talking about like the overacting or doing too much. He he's the reason why I think I like his character. I was telling Pamela about this a few weeks ago. He has to be still. Like he has to sit there sometime and just stare out the window. You know oh. what I mean? And be there, and the camera's just you know what I mean, pushing in on him while he's just staring. See, it's interesting. It's yeah. interesting because um, about being still because I remember there's a big. Remember the movie called Three Kings? Mm-hmm. So the three, Ice Cube or some I, shit. Uh, uh, it, it, it was Ice Cube, Mark Wahlberg, and George Clooney. Right. I remember George Clooney was saying that although he got in a fist fight with the director. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't remember that. <laughs> he was saying the director really. He he said that he had a habit mm-hmm. of moving his head a lot when he talked. Clooney did. Like Clooney did. Okay. And he, he was like, if you go back on like my work at ER, like on all my TV stuff, mm-hmm. I'm, I move my head a lot when I talk. Right. And David Arosa was like, don't move your head. Mm-hmm. And and like the takes would be great, but if he moved his head, he's like, we're doing it again. Wow, you know, and but he, he was done. He was just so he finally was like, "I'm not moving my head." Right. And then when he went to, and he said, he, "I mean, that that's not why they got in a fight, but they got in a fight because he was screaming at the screaming at the crew." Mm-hmm. But he was like that, but but I was so mad at him. But when I watched the dailies and saw that when when I'm still and don't move my head when I'm delivering, mm-hmm. there's more power. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's it's like it's got to come from your diaphragm. Yeah, it's yeah, from, yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's, it's it's like I'm delivering more mm-hmm. emotion that way, and it's a, that's a movie that you look at it and look at his career before that and after that, and you see that his career after that he's a he's a lot more like he's the Clooney that we know, mm-hmm. and it's from that movie. There's always like so a, he had his moment. He had his moment. Yeah, um, I know that. Uh, Tom Cruise said the same thing when he was mm-hmm. working on. Eyes wide shut. Oh, that's when he figured. See, I thought he probably discovered it when he did. What's the one he's in a wheelchair? Um, uh, uh, Born on the Fourth of July. Fourth of July. Like that's where I was like, "Holy shit, who is this Tom Cruise?" Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, like Tom Cruise. Before or that, after that's, that, that was before. But Tom Cruise was a. He was. A, he, but see, here's the thing about that. When he played that guy in Born on the Fourth of July in the wheelchair, mm. he's in makeup. Mm. He's not looking like the pretty boy right. that he is, so he's able to. See, Tom yeah. Cruise actually he can change his posture. Change his posture. He's yeah, actually yeah, a good yeah. character actor mm-hmm. right. if you don't let him look like Tom Cruise, mm. because there's that little moment he does. Remember in um, Tropic Thunder when mm-hmm. he was like the agent yeah. and he was bald and fat yeah. and he was yeah. really good in that. Everyone mm-hmm. like, who the fuck is Tom Cruise? Because mm-hmm. he didn't have. Because he it shows you he has an ability to act that he has trouble when he's just unadorned, mm. you know. But I but you look at his work prior. Two eyes wide shut and post eyes wide shut, and same thing. Same thing with Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman. Both of their work. The difference between their work is after that movie was that Nicole Kidman was such a. She was a very clinical actress. Mm. She wasn't an emotional actress. Mm. And after that Kubrick film, she's a way more of an emotional actress. Cause she she has a very good technique, but you she always felt like an ice queen. Mm. You know, yeah, uh, and then and Tom Cruise, like he just like he's more, he's more at ease with himself, I think. Mm. Uh, after Eyes Wide Shut, I can it's see an that. In- interesting thing where, like you're saying, like the breakthrough, <clears throat> like, you, and then it's usually because you 
you know, Kubrick famous, you know, whatever. You got to do 15, 30 takes to walk through that door, mm-hmm. you know. I, I remember I remember even when I was an actor, I remember my breakthrough that I had. I had two. I had one when I, years later, I had one when I was probably 15 years old and I was doing West Side Story. And we were doing, because I was a jet and the sharks and we were doing, it was like the moment, um, it was, oh, it was, it was at the end when Maria um, um, shows up and takes the gun after Tony gets shot and she starts pointing it at all of us. And I remember sitting there watching her and, you know, she starts singing her song to him, you know, and all that. And I remember sitting, I could not stop crying. Wow. You know, ah, just makes me think about that moment. And, but I remember having that moment and every night for five months we did the show, I'd be bawling, bawling. And I was like, if I could do this, I could do anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you have that moment where you feel that. I remember when I felt it as a dancer and et cetera, et cetera. And so... The same thing you could do that even as a writer, for sure. You know, absolutely. Where you and, and like we were talking off offline earlier about sometimes you know you're not sure if you're not getting the right notes about certain things, <clears throat> and and but you one thing you're confident in is is your writing is is your writing right. because you have had those moments where you've crossed over, so to speak, and get, not that you're not growing in them. That's not the same thing I'm talking about. I'm just talking about having that moment where you're able to let go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, <clears throat> you okay. Here's the thing about, yeah, as the writer, I mean, I'll speak to my own sure. thing. It's like there's that, like, you may be writing and you may be thinking that you're mastering the craft, but, and you're writing and people may, might be responding to your material and stuff like that. But there's the moment when you can sit down and write the work and it, you know, and it brings an emotional response out of you. Mm-hmm. And that's that moment. Like the minute that you, because a lot of times you're writing and it's just like you're putting words on the page. Right. Oh, this is this going to be this, this is going to be this, this is going to be But the minute you start feeling that you feel the emotion that you want the audience to feel, that you feel that, mm-hmm. at least for me, that's the breakthrough. You know, you're like, oh, fuck. Like, I feel upset in this scene. Mm-hmm. I feel like I want to cry, and I just and, and I wrote the scene. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like there's that moment where you. I mean, and there's a lot of that with 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 the like. There's a, you know like the, you know like because writers are always questioning: Are you good? Are you blah, blah blah blah? I mean, I think it's not about that. I think it's the question of did you communicate your idea effectively? Correct. Is what you're what you're <laughs> really struggling with. But 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 pros and published writers and stuff like that, they know there's like a command of the craft. That allows them to so that so they're not worrying about the craft anymore. It's almost second nature. It's like okay, so now what, let's make sure my idea is working the right way, and that I think is the breakthrough as, as the writer. Yeah, and that and that's kind of exactly what I'm <clears throat> what I'm talking about. Like you know you know we we talk about John and Craig a lot, and and they're writers who talk about you know like you don't need to follow this book and this whatever as Paul does and whatever. And we all agree to that too, but you've gotten to the place in craft and in story and structure and character where you understand so much, or it is, I hate to use the word easy because it sounds bad, but you are not thinking about all those things that would happen in the structure of, you know, of Sidfield or whatever. You're going, how do I feel about this moment? You know, what would move me? Right. You know what I mean? You're thinking more that way. And even if it 
does even relate to Sid Field or the sequence approach or anything, you're not thinking about it anymore. No. You know no. what I mean? Because I, I think part of it as a writer too is you know it's it's like you know like I tell people all the time, I know when something's bad when I can see the clockwork. Right, and I think that that you reach a level as a writer, like again, this thing about you know, and that the clockwork is, is the structure that the books told you about, is so apparent mm-hmm. that there's no wonder in the script, you know, like yeah. oh well, you know what, page twelve, this was it's page twelve, well, this was supposed, supposed to happen, yeah. something happened, right. okay, boom, fifteen, blah blah blah, there's most of blah blah. If you know how to like keep it going, mm-hmm. and then it like. The bottom of page thirteen mm-hmm. is your blowout moment. Yeah. Well, that's like what? But he said he's got to be on page twelve or page ten. <laughs> no, exactly. dude. Oh, yeah, page ten. Got me on page ten. Right. No, dude. If you can keep me, if, if mm-hmm. I can keep you in, engaged, mm-hmm. this is the thing that Chris McCarthy was talking about too. He was like, your main job is audience engagement. So if I have you engaged mm-hmm. for thirteen pages, right. and then I hit you with the with, with the moment that's going to not kick the story off, that's the craft. Yeah, you can hold off that inciting yeah, incident yeah. or whatever if it's fucking moving. Yeah, if you're interested. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like, or, like, or I can make it happen earlier. Right. Maybe it's page eight because mm-hmm. I got to do blah, 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 all this mm-hmm. stuff. But, but that, but, but that's when you know that you're working because you're like, I have, because I have you engaged. Right. I have you caught as the, uh, like, like, as the <laughs> audience. And that's, that's a hard place to get to when you're writing because you have to get outside of yourself because you know the story mm-hmm. and you're like okay I know, you know like 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 can you get lost in your own story in the right way right. you know um yeah it's a, it's a tricky but, it's a tricky spot yeah but one of the things i want to talk about today <clears throat> i mean that was that was all great i'm glad we went off on that for a second is <sighs> I mean, it must be just in the ether you know coming off of you know we were at the I don't even want to say we're at the end of the Rona because there's still millions of people who haven't had that I don't fucking think it's ever gonna go away. Rona check Rona shot yet. It's fucking ridiculous. <clears throat> um and and we still are living, a lot of people are still at home or, you know, I mean the the courts is much more traffic again. It feels like it's just as busy. You know, we were Pamela and I were watching the um um the big fight last night. The um what's his name? UFC? Uh, no, no boxing um, the boxing fight, um why am I going blank on his name all of a sudden? Redhead Mexican dude. Why am I going oh, uh, um, Canelo. Yeah, Canelo Alvarez. We were watching his fight last night, and it was packed in Dallas, and it was seventy something thousand people in the arena last night. That's because Texas was like, you know, what I mean? fuck all <clears> social, social distancing. They, exactly. Like they repealed all that shit. Right. And actually, Pam, I was talking about that. And 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 where I was going with all that was we're at that time where we're still in the midst of all that. There's lots of I, – I, I battle with, with it myself. As you know, I'm very rarely depressed, very, very rarely depressed. But I found is I have uh, – what is it, levels of depression? Does that sound right? Yeah. So I have levels of it where here I am, probably the busiest I've ever been, been in my entire life. So many projects lined up. And waiting for them – are making me depressed. Mm. If that makes sense. Mm, makes a lot of sense. You know sense. what I mean? Makes a lot of sense. And then you turn around another week and they're like, hey, we have this book. Read this too. And come back to us. Right? So it's the constant, I'm fucking mentally burnt. You know? 
And I wanted to talk about that because I know you go through it. Yeah, sometimes we, too. Okay, well, two things. Like one, I uh, I'll just, okay. One, the I think the thing with I think the problem with the coronavirus, the pandemic is we raise it up a little bit. Right. So you know, once we hit that one year anniversary, mm-hmm. which was in March, and the vaccine had been out at this point, mm-hmm. and Biden had been in office, and he passed his legislation, mm-hmm. we're thinking that. This is going to end soon. Yeah, people See, are acting it's, like it's, it's gone. It's going to end as soon as motherfuckers... I've heard people say it's over. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> you know it's, I mean? it's, it's, as soon as everyone gets the, right. the damn vaccine, it's over. Mm-hmm. But the whole thing with the vaccines, what they were saying all along was, and, and although this was Trump's fucking main plan was, although he didn't say it was uh, herd immunity. Hmm. But you got to have like 70% or 80% of the people have to have to have, have, to have the vaccine for it to be herd immunity. Right. And they've been saying for the last three, two, three weeks now, it's kind of stuck at 40%. Wow. You know? That's a lot. We still got a it's, lot so, to go. You know, and they're like, oh, about the kids, about the kids. I was like, yeah, the kids who make up 20, the kids make up 22% of the population. Mm-hmm. But, 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 but only 40% of the kids get it because their parents, it's, it's mothers who don't want to give it to the children. Right. And, and mothers don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. So you look at, so it's maybe 40% of kids. So 40% of 20, 22% is 8%. Mm-hmm. So, so, so 8% is not, it's, it's, it still maybe has us at like 50% for the nation. Mm-hmm. We're still t- like, we're still like 20 points below herd immunity. Right. And the problem is it's going out of control in India. It is mm. out of control in India, really? okay. and the it's the variants. What does the, that mean? It's the mutations. Like oh, like the it's mut- changing. It's ch- it, 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 there's so many cases in India. Like it's mm-hmm. four. Like two weeks ago, it was four hundred thousand a day. Who who, who are coming down with it? Four hundred thousand wow. a day, and they said that's underreporting because the villagers don't have any kind of way to really. Right. So it's maybe like eight hundred thousand a day. For the last like twenty days, so that's like you know I, I don't know how, that's that's like you know fucking sixteen million people. That's damn near the whole country. Damn no, 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 because the country. Well, there's like billions. It's, it's, a, bi- it's a billion, yeah, yeah. but but sixteen million people mm-hmm. means the propensity for it to mutate mm-hmm. is so much higher, and the vaccine is designed to stop one version. It might stop another one if they kind of tweak it, yeah. but if 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 we keep, I mean, this one guy was saying the other day, it might be twenty years before it's gone. Damn, because people aren't taking it seriously; they're not not getting vaccinated, right. and they can't mandate the vac- the vaccine. They could. Why can't they? Why? I don't know why. Because it's a public choice or some shit. Yeah, because I mean, but it's a health thing. I, I know it's a public health thing, but sure. but but there's but there's it's unprecedented. In, I think in China they've mandated it. Yeah. That's why there's been nothing out of China since the, it first broke out. You never hear about them going crazy. Right. Um, uh, I mean, and I'm sure they had a vaccine that they they didn't tell no one about. Uh, but it's um, America cannot mandate people to do anything because they can't make them pay taxes. You know, so. But. But getting getting back to this, but uh, oh, but oh, but, but 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 I'm sorry, but to to the how, but so that I think contributes to our sense of like we're out, we're out, not yet, oh, we're out, not, and that has angst. This, this angst anticipation mm-hmm. feeds into mm-hmm. the waiting game, hmm. and that I think is where the depression becomes. Uh, it, it, it's like it's 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 a dual grab, yeah. you know. Say so one two punch because, you know, 
if we weren't in the pandemic and you were in the same situation, I'm sure you'd feel depressed about things and upset about things because so many things are outside of your control. And that where it's be, and that the waiting is where it becomes uh, just you you're flooded with anxiety. But I think it's just I think it's just, it's exacerbated because it's, of the pandemic. And it's weird too because it seems like when I'm in these states or when people want me the most to help them with stuff. You know what I mean? It's like that's when they demand the most of your attention for the, for your help. And you know me being somebody who's always there to help, it gets in the way, you know? And one thing I've been trying, trying to do is say no more. You know what I mean? <clears throat> it's been really, really difficult to do, um, but I'm really working on it. You know what I mean? Because I overwhelm myself, mm, you mm. know, with things and then things that I have to do get pushed behind and, you know, then I get behind and now I'm spending two days to read this book when I should have had that whole week to do it, <clears throat> you know, whatever it is. And so things like that are just, they're just burning me the fuck out. Well, and, uh, go ahead. I think that's got a lot to do with it too. I think, I think the burnout, the burnout is real. It's hard not to work. Because a lot of times, when you like you find in the pre-pandemic times, you probably like me, you probably found solace in the work. Mm-hmm. I can just push, I can push all the bullshit aside and do the work. I work through the depression. Yeah, work, work through it. Like, mm-hmm. Hey, you know, blah blah blah. But now it's like we've been doing that nonstop for the last year. Right. That it's like, where's the break? Where's right. the this? I mean, like it's like I was like, I need to go on a vacation. Mm-hmm. I still went on hiatus on my show, and we didn't get a hiatus. We just rolled into the day. Yeah, you were gonna go to Mexico or something. Yeah, yeah. I just can't. So mm-hmm. just, I just just rolled into um to the next season. So mm-hmm. I was like, hey, but starting on a Monday, I th- thought the room was still going on season two, and this, hey, season three starts today, and I was like, no, no break for me. <laughs> I was like, fuck it. So uh, I mean, what I'm doing is mm-hmm. I'm going up on Memorial Day. I'm going up to Big Sur. Okay, um, yeah. But I have to because it's like I have to like totally unplug because I feel. But my thing about you is is that like saying no is important, and people get really. I I think people like you know like I was 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 working with a mutual friend of ours earlier in the year, Mm -hmm. and I couldn't give her the time that she wanted. She got salty about that, Mm. and I was like, "It's crunch time on my show right now." I really can't give you any time. Mm-hmm. And when it's not crossing out of my show, I want to work on my movie because right. I want to do the movie as soon as the show ends. Mm-hmm. And so that's, so so where's my time to help anyone else? I don't want to, I, 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 there's always there's so much time. I, can, I have, um, and I feel like being able to say no is important. And it's, and I think it's hard in our business because Projects come up and they sound really fucking cool. Right. Oh fuck, I'm gonna do someone do someone do this because you don't know really what's gonna go. Well, I think my problem is, <clears throat> you know, I mean, I got so many mentees, I'm always helping and shit. So they're like, "Hey, I got this meeting with this person. Will you take a look at this script before I send it?" That's the problem. And me being the perfectionist, I want you to get it as good as possible. So I'm like, "Well, let me just stop for four hours." Mm. And, and I'm not just like, hey, you know, here's the over. I'm like, page one, page two, page, you know what I mean? I can't help it. And so I'm like really trying to make sure that they really get the best notes they can so that they, when they turn in, they could turn in the best thing. <clears throat> and so when I'm getting four of them a week in the midst of all my work. I would say no to all that. But I'm tr- I'm starting to I'll do that. No to all of them. You know what I mean? But it's just getting, and then it's, you know, that's literally, you know, 
15 hours a week of my time, yeah. you know, that I've done. And people don't always understand that, you know. That's, I mean, look, that would be too draining to me. That's mm-hmm. why, like, <clears throat> I read one of Richard's scripts. Mm-hmm. Um, He was like, hey, I got an opportunity. If you can read it, I'd appreciate it. If you can't, I understand. I know you're on your show. I was like, oh, you just happened to catch me on the day I turned my script in. Yeah. So I got like three days or four days to read your thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I said, I'll read it and let's have a Zoom call. But, um, and I, and I owe Richard something because he had written it in my life before. Right. I was like, look, I'm not But anybody else, I'd be like, no. I mean, two people I know asked me to read something. I was like, ah, I can't do it. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, and look, and I was using the show, not as an excuse, but the show was my rationale. Like, when do I have time to like concentrate on your thing? Because mm-hmm. I'm on the show. Right. Um, but now I but and and for those of you who haven't worked on a television show, yeah, explain it to them. <clears throat> it like it, it's it's not like a nine to five where you roll in mm-hmm. and 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 you're working on the show from when you start to when you go home. You're doing that, but you realize that like you got to bring material for the next day's room. Yep. So you got to be basically doing homework, going. What do we do? You got to read. The, you have to read the show notes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sorry, the, the like the the room notes. Mm-hmm. That, you know, you got to read those, um, and just be prepared for pitches the next day. And that might mean you got to do a bunch of research. I mean, that's I, my thing. I, I had to do a bunch of research. Should I do? I was like, yeah, I had to, had to read it. I just like, it's just so there's all that. The scripts are coming in that are being rewritten, which you got to read. Mm-hmm. Um, now, granted, coming in star, you can just read the pages, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, but you're deep into production like we are. And, you know, you know, like three and four scripts are coming, three and four different episodes are coming in the same day, mm-hmm. you know. And for us, just to let you know, like we hit double pink probably on every script <laughs> of the eight that have been approved. That's a lot. So, so of double rewriting. pink means, so if you think about what it means, it's like, so what? It's it's the first set of revisions is blue, mm. pink, green, yellow, goldenrod, salmon, cherry, buff, you know, and then back to pink, you know, <laughs> uh, and you know, and then you you know fucking go over to white, mm. you know, and then you go and then go you roll, you roll through it again, mm-hmm. and, and I mean and and I mean I mean we almost might get to triple. What? I think we might get the triple on on like triple white on some shit. Jesus which is but the thing is you have to read all of those new drafts when they come in. Not the whole to. thing, but you mm-hmm. got to read because cuz the revisions. The revisions. Yeah, yeah cuz the the script supervisor, he sends you the full script together and he sends you the just the pages that have been revi- been revised. So you just read those and see if you don't want to read the whole script again. And obviously you can't read the whole script again. I mean you could, but it's like but you got to read all of that and that mm-hmm. might affect what you're doing. And uh, and then you just—it's just a lot. And then you got to watch dailies, you know. Um, so your time is really, really truncated. And then to people to ask you to do other stuff—it—it—it—it it, it, it just gave me a new perspective of 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 anyone you know on a television show. If you ask them to read something or help you out when mm-hmm. they're in the middle of this, they're in the middle of the show, and they say no. Mm-hmm. You can't ever take that. Can you imagine asking your showrunner friends? 
<laughs> now you really like oh hell no yeah that's the thing that's the th- that's the thing all the right. store owners have I met and mm-hmm. and and, and, I've, and and like I've been judicious to say hey I'll hit you when the season's over right. they're like okay cool do that mm-hmm. and and wait three weeks to the season's ends mm-hmm. or the let, episode let airs let them chill for before you ask me mm-hmm. because they had to, I, I was talking to Terry the other day and anyway it's like. He's dealing with a $120 million company. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money to deal with. All the people, all the people. Hundreds of people. Hundreds of people. Right. All under his, he's the CEO of his purview. Mm-hmm. So you just can't go and say, hey, I, I hate you, break me off. If someone is, I mean, and, and really any upper level mm-hmm. is really involved in a lot of shit. But those are the ones who can give you the best feedback. And it's just like, you gotta, you have to realize that there's so much pressure but back to your thing about the pressure about what you're working on, you know, like I, I mean, like, look, I was standing point off mic. I mean, it's, it's like I've had a lot. The last two weeks have been have been really rough for me, mm-hmm. and I feel, I feel elated that we started the next season and I'm back on the show, which mm-hmm. is great. Um, but there's just there's a certain kind of like malaise and ennui that you go through mm-hmm. um, that is hard. It's really hard, at least hard for me, you know, and I just was like, I don't even know how this works. Right. And uh, it's, I mean, I guess there's a level of like, of questioning my own uh, skills and abilities and stuff like that, which, you know. Imposter syndrome is a real thing. You know, it, com- it comes all, all different time. types of ways. All the so, time. Sure. All the time. Yeah. And it's not, it's not really, it's, I, I don't know what imposter syndrome is like, I guess, I guess it is that it's, it's it's like you know I don't like need to be here, mm-hmm. but I think that's a little difference of I I, I guess you, I think you're always going to wonder did you do it right, and that the hard the hardest thing about working on a show is you can't be the the, the 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 judge of that yeah you can't gauge it the way that you could gauge your own work because yeah. you're serving at the pleasure of the showrunner right and you don't know. And, and and you you, you you tapped on something earlier about like what it was like working in when you guys were just in the writer's room on Zoom or in the room or whatever. <clears throat> and then once you got into production and things really shifted because that's what happens. As soon as production starts, that eight people in a room goes to six, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And then four and then two. You know, it starts doing this thing and it's like it gets really strange. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden you're writing a scene that's something you knew nothing about and like all these weird things start to happen, right? That you and 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 um it gets confusing, especially for the lowers, especially if you're in a room where people aren't mentoring you. Right. You know what I mean? And that is that is a problem. I think everybody intends to do it and it feels like it goes really well, you know, until, until production starts. As soon as production starts, the person who was helping you is now working on their script. Right. And then once they finish their script, they got to help the next person so on the next, next script. Next, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So, or had two or three scripts. Yeah. So all that mentoring no, you had is gone. Is gone. Right. Yeah. I mm. mean, there's that, you know, I, I also think there's like particular, um, I think there's particular things that as at least like talking for me and you mm-hmm. like as black writers that we might suffer from that are that is that is a little different than um uh than, than with white writers mm-hmm. because like a there's there's look there's so much stigma about 
you as a black writer not being able to write right. and you as a black writer you know like knowing that you can't particularly at the lower level you can't challenge let me take that back you don't know what's a challenge mm. to somebody white mm-hmm. um, because honestly like I was telling you earlier offline it's like honestly for a lot of white people if a black person is trying to instruct them that's the challenge mm-hmm. that is not even a challenge that's an affront right. and then therefore like if you're aware of that well, if you're not aware of it, then you might do something in a room that might that might spin you in the in the, in the wrong place, you know. And be, I mean, you hear a lot, you hear like like a lot of people who are being told they're argumentative or they're aggressive or blah blah blah. And it's like that's if that's that's a moniker or description that's applied to black people because you know black people usually aren't passive aggressive. No, you know it's where we're from. You know we it, have to speak. We, up. we have to speak yeah, up, yeah. or you know, or the getting in your face about yeah. anything like that. It's like that's how black people are. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, you have to modulate that when mm-hmm. you're around white people. And white people excel at being passive aggressive, particularly writers, because they're not they're not trained to be managers. Yep. You know, like they're trained to be to re, to sit down and tell stories. But mm-hmm. then you got to now like shift your idea to this business kind of like mentality it's like a coach or something like that i mean to a degree it's like it's like kind of like being like a you know it's one of those things about like um like in basketball right or mm-hmm. in sports like well i'll take basketball for example because it's a little easier to look at but it's like very very few great players or even just good players mm-hmm. could be like became effective coaches yeah you know like you have doc rivers mm-hmm. you have pat riley yeah. pat riley wasn't a great player though you know, I mean, he played, and I think he got the ring in one of those 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 LA Laker teams yeah. and the Kansas team. Um, it's like a lot of our writing gurus; yeah. they weren't great writers, yeah. but yeah, you know, they could teach you to know yeah. how to write a great teach, script. To, yeah, <laughs> you know, um, you know. But Pat Riley, he's, he's a brilliant fucking. You know, right. Pat Riley was uh, Phil Jackson was a player. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's like it's so few, right. and it's because it takes a, it takes a, it takes a, a special kind of mindset to say. I understand how the writing works, but I can also instruct you in how the writing works. Mm -hmm. And that's not what people are trained at doing. Um, Yeah, because I I give notes to people on stuff, and they're like, how do I do that? (laughs) Like, how do I execute what you're saying? And I'm kind of like, what do you mean? I just told you how how to execute it. And they don't get it. And I'm just like, why don't you... I mean, I'm. I thought I'm. I think I'm being clear, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, but 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 so it's always humbling about, and, and then I can figure out what they mean, and then try to like explain it. But I think it's that moment of like you, where you see where people can and can't understand the like like the mentoring aspect of it, and I feel that that's. Uh, I mean, again, I mean that's the part that makes it makes like being on the on the writers' room tough. I think this also has to go back to like a lot of things we talked about earlier about like the number of projects you're doing and like the depression you're in and I, I to me one of the things that I realized like last last summer mm-hmm. before I got on the show was two things two things that I was going to be doing like like going forward was one um, I really 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 was only going to do stuff that I was really interested in not just I thought it was cool, right. and I say that because I there was a I was I had a meeting at Warner Brothers and they offered me a job, mm-hmm. 
a, a tentative thing. They said, hey, we would love to, like, we're looking for a writer on the show. Can you watch the episodes and tell us what you think is something that you'd be interested in? Yeah. And I went back and watched the episodes or tried to watch, tried to watch the season. <laughs> Couldn't get through more than three. Oh, my God. And I was like, oh, no. <clears throat> oh, no. Mm-hmm. But I said to myself, but I want that job. I want that staff writing job. Mm-hmm. It'd be really cool to, to make that break. But I was like, and then I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they gave it to an upper level writer or, or to a mid level writer, and I was like, Whew. okay. I mean, so, it's something we both know too. Um, but and so to me, I was like, I was going insane. When I was waiting to hear about what, if, I, if they were going to give me or not because mm-hmm. I met with the studio and I met with the network mm-hmm. and you know and two people I know two people I know like worked like in that same at that same studio mm-hmm. uh, uh, it was a Berlanti show I'll just say that and uh, I just was like and, and when I didn't get it I was I was like mad I was like fuck I didn't get that job I went with the job and I was like but I didn't really want that job <laughs> you forgot <laughs> well I, I forgot because I was so caught up in the opportunity right. of having it mm-hmm. And then when I didn't get it, I was like, I was like, yeah, but you know what? That was a fucking terrible show. Mm. I wouldn't have liked writing. I, I, I was like, I had to do one of these things, which is just, uh, something you, I don't want to do ever again. Mm. I had to really fudge what I liked about the show when I wrote the, I've done that. When I wrote to the email to the studio about the, right. the network, what I liked about the show and what, how I contribute. I really fudged. Mm. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to do that ever again. Mm. I don't want to be in a position. So it's like, so then at that point, it's like, I've turned, I, I, I even turned on a bunch of the projects that I was internally generating. I started generating four or five, and I was like, you know, I'm just gonna turn it down to two, mm-hmm. and I'm just gonna do the two that I really, really want to do, and I'm also doing the two that, if they go, I'm in a better position for myself. It's not just doing a project. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm gonna do a project where you know it's just directing things. Number one, mm-hmm. so it's like and there's three, four TV projects that are pumping, pulling around, but the directing thing is I was talking with a, uh, with a friend of ours. He was telling me about a project that he had pitched, and a bit of a comic book. And the people at HBO Max were like, "I don't know if we get this because it was a pretty big idea." He was like, mm-hmm. if, "But he was like, if you if you had an A list director on board, I think I think we'd be more comfortable, you know." Mm-hmm. Of course. And I was like, "Okay, that's an institute all the time," but I, but in my mind, I was like. But what if I was the A-list director to him? Mm-hmm. Hey, dude. Because he was telling me about it. I was like, oh, I love that property. Mm-hmm. He's like, you do? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we just, and we, and we kind of bonded over it. And then I was like, imagine if I was the guy to say, oh, if you, if you need a director, mm-hmm. that's me. Because right. I love this. Because mm-hmm. what he told me, what I, what I found out from him was so many A-list directors don't like comic books. Mm. So it's hard to go get them to do get them attached to comic yeah. book pro- properties because that's not not those things not what they're interested in. And I was like, wow, that's that's strange. Mm. That's strange. But if you think about it, if you think about like all the big movies, the big comic book movies, there's no A-list directors doing any of them. You know. Well, it's funny because, <clears throat> like we were we were when we had our production meeting for Ticker the other day. You know, I was telling you guys. You know, my 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 agent was hesitant at first about should I even put my name as you know showrunner on this project and I was like well why and he was like well and I realized it was because he had illusions of grandeur for me but he didn't realize that this is another thing that I could do we could literally shoot all these episodes in a month (laughs) and be done yeah (laughs) you know what I mean it's a short window it's a little pocket and so I had to kind of really explain it to him 
like I said, that's why I wanted to make sure that we added all that new elements yeah. that we did yeah, yeah, yeah. so that it's clear to whoever reads it, they get exactly what it is we're doing and that they're short and blah, 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 blah. And it would make more sense because um, he just thought that was the, the visual piece that we were doing and, and it wasn't done yet. I was like, no, that's the whole episode. Yeah. And he was like, oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I had to like really, that's that's why I was trying to get that clarity. And so... um, um. Oh, I had a thought in there somewhere. I forget what the fuck I was talking about. Shit. Explaining this to him and getting him on board and um uh 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 just the just the the, the, the oh uh, about like you being sure one of the but you being yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 um because these other two projects that we have, you know, based on big IPs, we got a new one you're gonna trip I, mean, I haven't told you about you know trip. Um they wanna they wanna take this huge book and make it black. Okay. Right? Which is brilliant. But white people are going to fucking hate us. Bro. I can tell you that right now. Because <laughs> it's based on well, they're mad. Bullshit. They're mad because they're doing <laughs> black Superman. So exactly. shit. Um, and, and, uh, <laughs> but that's kind of why we want to do it. We love that shit. Um, and so, so, so he's, he was hesitant about that at first about me, you know, running the show like this. <clears throat> and, and then when I when I was better able to explain it to him and how it could fit within the wheelhouse of things, it's a show that I feel wouldn't get in the way. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, see, two two things in that. One, that's the thing. That, that's the thing too that happens about like you were saying earlier about like you're waiting to hear. Mm-hmm. It's like a lot of times, the people, your reps and stuff like that who are selling stuff, they're so frantic about stuff, they don't. You gotta walk. You, you have to hold their hand through a lot of stuff, and then make them see this like like the nuance of the vision. Right. Because if not, they might dismiss it out of hand. Because what they initially see is like like it it it, it doesn't make it easy sell for them. Like easy like like they can't easily put it in the box, mm-hmm. you know. But to me, I look at it as, as like you know if you you know if the show if ticker goes the right way and we do these things and it, you know and it's on like a Netflix or something like that and it's quick, it's like. And just because they're short episodes, that like doesn't lessen its legitimacy. No, you know, not at all. Um, like we still can get stars in these things. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's probably easier <clears throat> because it's like it's just a short commitment. Right. You know, um, a huge. I mean, a huge way to get stars is like, hey, I, you know what? I need you for three days, mm-hmm. two days, right. and we'll pay you your rate. You know, mm-hmm. like really. I don't have to be committed to anything. Like, oh, there's a nope, in, out, boom. You like the script real fast, boom, boom. So, yeah, yeah. No, it, it, it's interesting to see, like, I mean, it's like, like I noticed that, like, with my manager about this, I, I had this pilot that I'm taking forever to finish because it's in the show, but I sent it to them the other day, and they were asking me some questions about it, and I was like, I was like, I'm, no, no, you got, this is how it's going to be. Like, you see this? Mm-hmm. Like, like you got to see, it's, it's like, I say this all the time. I, like, how, how many times have I said this? This, <laughs> this same mind to you. They don't have imagination. Mm. How many times have I said this? I said the, people don't have the imagination that when you explain something, I like, like I'm going to give you just a taste, and then if you like that taste, well, then you can order the meal. Right. You know, my problem that we're having is. Our rep, who we love, is at you know one of the biggest agencies in the world, and they run things like lawyers do. 
I think that's part of the problem. That is that. <clears throat> They're not as creative. So for me to present something like Ticker or some of this other thing we're doing, it's always like, well, you know, it's usually done like this. And I'm like, yeah, well, let's go outside the box. Yeah. You're like, they don't even think like that. They're like, well, the businesses run like this. It's like for every time you say that, I give you 10 more examples. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah well, I mean? I mean, it's it's like there's, there's always – the thing is, is like the, the outliers mm-hmm. – like I'm, I'm gonna tell you right now. I guarantee you, most people haven't seen that show, Criminal. And mm. I, I just is, you know, I, I don't know if it was big on Amazon. I mean, it had to be big enough for Netflix because they did a second season on mm-hmm. it. But it's like it was such a cool idea, so cheap, so, so cheap, yeah. and a cool idea. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, uh, and the thing Netflix is that Netflix, Netflix does not guarantee another. Se- they don't give another season unless they know that the first season moved the needle. Like it brought in new subscribers, right. you know, and 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 it's, that's the shit they know, you know. They're <clears throat> they're they're all networked out. And, I mean, they're yeah. dated and shit like that. But it's like that's the thing. It's like there's 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 always the disruptor, right. the disruptor material project stuff like that. That's always the cool. I mean, let me tell you right now, this is what we were saying. It's 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 similar to which is similar similar to this. You just tell a lot of people. Write the project that everyone's telling them not to do yep. because that's like a disruptor type of project. Yep. But it's like do the film project, TV project, the disruptor project mm-hmm. because no one's doing it. Like I heard someone say the other day, there's too many period pieces going on right now, blah, blah, blah. Too much this. And I say to myself, how many, like, like every fucking year there's a new lawyer show, a new cop show, or a new medical show every fucking year. And there's got to be at least fifteen or twenty. And they of those. get spinoffs. And they get, <laughs> you know, there's always some pitching those and always new ones on the air. Mm-hmm. So it's because you guys are used to that, and yeah. you know those are going to sell. Yeah. But everything else can sell too if someone wants to spend the energy to sell it. If the I because there's always the show that no one's ever seen before. Mm-hmm. Like oh shit, I want to see that because you've never seen it before. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and there's a and and there's a there's a bit of there's always some level of. Um, uh, what's the word? Um, it's, there's like some magnetism, something you haven't seen. Mm-hmm. The execution of like, Ooh, who's doing this? I've never seen that. I mean, and and sometimes the th- sometimes the th- it's a thing. Sometimes the thrill of something that hasn't been done doesn't seem as fascinating on the page, you know, because it's like I don't know how to recess it. Mm-hmm. But when you see it, you're like, oh, that was cool. Well, like, <clears throat> as you know, I just interviewed um, and just came out last week the the um, little Marvin from oh, yeah, them, yeah. and it's fascinating to me. You know, somebody you're like, I love like Lovecraft, and you know, I love that. You know I me, mean? I love historical stuff, and you get the fact that you can add paranormal and aliens and all that other stuff in the midst of it is like what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right, right. It's like everything I love and horror at the same time, and and that's what I was telling. It's one of the things I loved about his show is. You have, you know, the 50s, you have, you know, L.A. during the time. People people don't remember that L.A. was just pretty much as racist as it was in the fucking South. <laughs> you know, like they forget, you know, how it was in 1950, <laughs> you know. Even and, now. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? And so and so because we always think, oh, it's so liberal here. And so Baba like, no, bitch, you still had to go. The blacks still had to go to the back. Yeah, <laughs> you know they still had to come around. They they had an entrance and like we still had all that shit here. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so, um, uh, but I was talking to him about that, and he really kind of went into like one of my questions I had for him because I had put I had posted on the, on our page. Anybody have any questions? So people were DMing me, and 
everybody was asking me how in the world that somebody who never had a show before get to run his show. Right. <clears throat> and I prefaced it by saying, I have an idea of, of why I know it happened for you. And he says, and I said, I'm curious to know what, what happened from your point of view. I said, from my point of view, I know you were a big creative director at one of the big, you know, marketing places. You ran pitches, you ran rooms, you had all these people together, blah, blah, blah. Nobody knows the story better than you, et cetera, et cetera. It all adds up to me. The only thing, you, you know, he's produced, you know, commercials, like all kind. he knows how to do this thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was like, it all made sense to me. Why? Plus you had Lena. And Lena's behind everybody she works with. They go, no, he's running the show. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And in essence, that's kind of what happened. He went in there and had, they, they weren't like, yes, you can have this. He had to prove himself of why. You yeah, I mean? well, I mean, <clears throat> uh, yeah, I mean, that's the thing that I think hurts a lot of people is that you may know how to write the whole show. Maybe something you created, you know how to write the whole right. show. But as the showrunner, like I was saying earlier, it's like you have to deal with $120 million. And, and you deal with 100 people. Right. And the thing about him is if he's come from, from the, the advertising world, like you said, he's probably produced... You know, like if he if he did if he did dozens of stuff. Like <laughs> yeah. if he did one commercial for some national brand, mm -hmm. that means that they had the entire account, which means that he's probably in charge of like three hundred million dollars of advertising spend for a year. That's a good point. You know, and therefore, and and and, and they got to deal with all the corporate structure of that company. Mm -hmm. so let's just say it's Pepsi, right? Mm -hmm. He had to deal with 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 Pepsi's. Like upper echelon and, and, and how they do business, mm. he's got the three hundred million dollars, but but he's got to spin it the right way. Mm -hmm. and he's got to spin it away so to make them happy, so that they'll re up the deal the next year. Yep. And he's got to bring his whole creative team, the creatives, copywriters, the directors who shoot the shit, the the visual effects artists. Like 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 he has run, like he's done the work of running a small of of, of having three million dollar budget mm. and fucking like doing this cross the board advertising. Which is the similar like level of like of the 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 the, the multiple hats you have to run if you're running you're running a a uh, a show. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, which he's probably better at than probably probably most showrunners is he knows how to manage people and he knows how to pitch <laughs> and pitch. He said he had a ninety page visual deck. What he pitched, that's crazy, you know. But that's where he comes from, where they gotta give the whole world and the blah blah blah. Do like, all you this. know what I mean? And, and I think that what they saw in his pitches, he could run the show. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know I mean, look, I mean, you come up with ninety, you come up with ninety slides, and and his, I, 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 I don't know if his show is more than one season, but if he's, uh, it's like a, I think it's, it's anthology, anthology yeah. yeah. But it's like he come, but it's, but it's like he's gonna come in there and show you, here's the whole first season. Mm -hmm. And since I don't have to let you know what the second season because it's an anthology, here's so you know like everything that you're gonna get. Mm -hmm. It's just it's almost like the whole thing with like Hitchcock's thing where he's like, once I've storyboarded it, I'm bored mm -hmm. because I know everything that I'm gonna get, and so is everyone else. And then it's just a matter of just like you know calling action and cut. And for I mean that's how he he looked at it, yeah. and it's, I'm sure that's how it was for him. And I'm sure that the the like the fear here's the thing like the fear that the executives have is the creatives come in there and say, oh well we know what we're doing, and they say oh you know and and they pitched and they pitched emotion, mm. they never pitched like they rarely pitch like when you sell a show you rarely pitch plot you pitch emotion mm -hmm. and character, 
And because that's what, because the network executives is the first audience of the show. Mm -hmm. And the audience is only going to stay watching a show if the emotion and the characters are cool through the whole, for the first episode. Or no, before that, like by each act, by each commercial break, if, if, you know, oh, was I I interested? I interested. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, but, but, but the actual nuts and bolts of getting all the acts and stuff like that, they don't want to hear that. If you're talking about, like, oh, here's my show I'm pitching, blah, 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 blah. Oh, well, I'm going to get 10 writers and we'll figure all that out. And because that's the way that it's done, they know that it's going to get it's going to get done. Mm-hmm. But the fear is with them, at least I know this from my show, this, is, this anecdotally is, what really is that script going to look like? Mm. Yeah, the outline is going to come in, but what's that script really going to look like? I don't know. Until it comes in, mm-hmm. but if he's got ninety a ninety page deck, that like makes them feel very comfortable on what the show's gonna be, mm-hmm. and it's like oh, he, so it's gonna be it's gonna look like this, deliver like this, have this tone. He said he spelled out enough of the oh, I see everything arc wise, mm-hmm. and, and 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 the Lena's like, and we'll get the best writers to make sure all the dialogue is good, and there's drama in the scenes. Mm-hmm. And because she's done that three times so far, four mm-hmm. times, they believe her. And that mm-hmm. it, it, it's a comfortability. So he had already written the script, you know. Oh, see, that's something. That's something I was. I wanted. To, I was going to ask today on the uh, like on the writers on Facebook on one of the writers like like groups. Mm-hmm. I'm curious. Is there like a database, or does somebody know how many spec pilots have been written? Sold, and then on the air, as opposed to I pitched the show, right. and then you and then you hire me to write the, the write the uh, script. And how many that, were the original? Yeah, like like there's an actual script that like like I came in with a script right. and the pitch, and then and 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 that actually got onto the air, as opposed to you know I mean I mean look I know that's what I I know billions is like that because mm-hmm. those guys said they did that. Right. I know that Blackish was like that because he said that, and obviously so was um. The uh, the uh, Madman, like Madman, like everyone points to that, mm-hmm. but like I don't know. Th- I think it's curious. I think it'd be curious to look at like in the last five or ten years, how many shows got to the air, or maybe just got into the pilot was produced where the script was already written, mm-hmm. as opposed to you know because there's a lot of places that don't don't want to have the script written. They just want to hear like HBO was like don't come in with a written script. We want yeah, to fucking pe- people want to have their, their like like Oprah's like that. People always ask me because we're here on the lot with Oprah. Oh, have you been over there to pitch to Oprah? And I'm like, well, most of the things we've done are already done, you know, or not in the position. She just like tell me the idea and we'll expand on it together. Right. <laughs> you know, she wants to be involved in it and whatever. <clears throat> I'm like, that's that's a different that's a different way of their mandate's different. Yeah. You know, over there and everybody else's is too. For example. We were we had a big meeting a few weeks ago with the producers on the one show I was telling you about, and um, um, one of the producers said something about, um, well, 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 we were hoping you guys were gonna, you know, we'd given them the entire pitch, right? Well, we get how this is, but how are you gonna pitch it? We're like, what do you see? They're like, yeah, but I mean, are you gonna do this and this? And then we're like, yeah, that, that's our blueprint. That's that's for us. It's not even for you. We're just like, here's what we're doing. So you guys are in the loop of what's going on. And we had to explain to them. And Pamela, you know Pamela. 
she said, um, she said, Mm-mm, we're not going to do that for you. <laughs> we're not going to pitch it to you. She says, because let me tell you why. This was, this was brilliant. She says, we have found every time we go to a new company, even if it's for a general and we end up soft pitching something, we have to pivot the pitch based on who we're talking to. Because it might be like an own, for example, and we know that she just she wants to be part of the whole thing. So we can't go going, we got a deck, we got this, we got that. We can't do all that. We got to be going like we have this other idea. You know what I mean? So we always tell them whenever we go out to pitch, we have to gear it depending on who we're talking to. You know, because some people were able to elaborate and go on for five minutes. And some people, it's just like, a here's the premise. Right. You know what I mean? And so... And they were like, oh, like, like they didn't fucking know. And so, so that turned into that type of a conversation too, where a lot of writers don't always understand. Even if you, um, even if you go prepared with a pitch, which, which is one of the things that we've decided not to do is to like lock it in. Here's the exact pitch. Like we know it enough that we could kind of move around and shift a few mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. live. Yeah, you know? yeah. And 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 that for for us is the most loosey goosey way to do it. Because we found when we go in to do the full pitch and then they go, hey, guys, so great to have you guys. Let me tell you a little bit about blah, 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 blah. And then they go, well, you know, we were looking for these things and we're kind of starting to go this direction now. And it was all planned. You're fucked. You know, so you got to look at each other and go, "Okay, we heard that. Boom, we're going to take that part out. (laughs) You know what I mean? You got to be thinking like that because that's what happened. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, like. I used to memorize pitches when I was doing features and I stopped doing it. I was like, you know what? Bullet points. Because mm-hmm. that way I can be more flexible and go, oh, you know what? I'm can. I, I, I'm looking at them and I can tell I can jump like three bullet points. Right. I need to go through this detail. I, can, right. I mean, that's the thing about doing it live is you under, you can, like when you're reading the room, that that's that, that's telling you when you need to pivot. Right. You know? I mean, yeah, there's something interesting about like the whole thing about like, is the script written? Is it not written? Like, who like who like how much of their own teeth do they want to put into it and that's something that you don't necessarily know um i mean unless you unless you maybe you, you could find out like maybe someone you know is sort of pitched there and like give them information but you know there's there's some ways you can do things mm-hmm. but i kind of feel like most but like most companies they have a production company because they want to be involved in the storytelling they don't want you to come in and say, "Hey, do this." They'd be like, "It's not. That's not how we would do it." Yeah. And, and the thing is, there could be one scene that they don't like, yeah. one scene or, or one line of dialogue in a scene that they don't like. Mm-hmm. You go pass, <laughs> pass, because you did this, and it's like if you were telling them the story, you'd be like, "They're like, oh no, 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 we don't like this type of thing." Yeah. You're like, okay, well, don't need to be, don't need to be in there, but, but. You don't know their sensibilities, like the the full sensibilities, you know. Even if what you have, like for instance, I was telling you, like I met with Bad Robot the other day, mm-hmm. and it's like I know they like science fiction stuff and comic books and stuff like that, mm-hmm. blah, blah blah. But I mentioned to him a project that in the room, it, I was like, "Oh, you might find this interesting." Mm-hmm. He's like, "I do," mm-hmm. you know. It has it has it has it's nothing to do with what they're known for. You know, but I could just tell from talking to him. Oh, you, this, you, call, you, you know. So therefore, if you extrapolate that out, it's like you don't know exactly what someone really wants. And if you develop it with them, then you know that. Plus, also, if you develop it with them, they get more invested. Well, Trip, we had a meeting two weeks ago with Freeform, 
<clears throat> and I was thinking the whole time, well, I mean, nothing we have, we write dark shit. Like, nothing's going to work there. And they're like, oh, no, tell me about your, your bio stuff. Well, tell me about your historical. We're like, what? Oh, well, shit. Well, hold on. Well, let me tell you about this. They're like, oh, when you're done with that, come back. Like, literally. You know, we're like, really? They're like, oh, we have Hulu. We have this. We have that. We're like, oh, shit. Like, we thought we did our homework. But then, damn, I didn't know that that was. Yeah, well, yeah. Because yeah, <laughs> you know I mean? yeah, there's, there's. They change their mandate. They change their mandate. Or there's, yeah. there's stuff internally that, that they know that you don't know that's not public knowledge or, right. or even private knowledge. It's in, insider knowledge right. that is. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's interesting, and you got yeah, you have to figure all that stuff out. Mm-hmm. Got to figure that out. But anyway, I know we didn't get like deep, deep, deep into this whole you know writers, you know uh, depression. Oh, depression. And all that. It's, it's cool. Um, no, I, but, but you, you know what? I actually, actually, I actually like you know I want to say like two more things on that mm-hmm. before we jump, jump away. Um, I think a lot of it is you become very. Uh, you start like losing perspective of what got you to where you are, and I and it, and 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 I think it's a lot of it's being reactive because are, are you aware when you're in it? No, you don't know. No, okay. I mean not not at first. Okay, I mean like look, look. I was telling you offline like mm-hmm. the last two weeks of me have, have been really really tough. It's like the yeah. and, it, and it's like the first. There was things that were making me feel a certain way, mm-hmm. you know, um, but it wasn't until like I was saying earlier, I was like, oh, yeah, like all last week, like I came home and I was like in bed by nine, mm-hmm. you know, and, I, and I'm usually up to like 10, 30, 11 mm-hmm. doing stuff before I even begin to sh- start shutting it down, not even mm-hmm. go to sleep yet. And I was like, yeah, that's not normal for me to be getting in the bed at nine. Right. Um, and it's like, yeah, cause, because I wasn't. Uh, I, I, I wasn't. It's not that I was unhappy. It's that, but I was I was depressed about something, mm-hmm. and I and it was and it was saps, sapping my ability to be creative, sapping my ability to be focused, you know, and just uh, and it's also just just sapping my engagement with my job, you know, and those are all things that I constantly was like, I gotta get, like back on board. Like I, in my head, I was like, why am I like can't focus? Like why why why? And then I just was like. I mean, honestly, I was like, it wasn't until this weekend. I was like, yeah, I'm like depressed about this. Mm-hmm. I'm like really upset. And it's like, and, and it's, I say it's reactive because it's like something that the, that the external world is pushing on me that like, that like I could choose to respond to it differently. And I think a lot of times it's hard to, um, to, to be so objective with what's happening because because we traffic in our emotions for our work, and it. Well, you, you said something interesting <clears throat> that that that, and I was going to say this earlier, but you brought it back again today. Everybody thinks, man, once I get on a show, everything's going to be perfect. You know what I mean? Like they have that illusion that that that's how it's supposed to be, right? I'm just talking about everybody. Yeah. By the oh way. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like if I just sold my script, if I just got an agent, whatever the thing is, right? You get them, you still got to hustle. You still got to do your thing. You still got to work your butt off. Like all, none of that goes away. Only thing that happens now is now you got a paycheck, right? Yeah. And and now you have a little bit more people like, oh, there's somebody on the show. Oh, now now you're on the list. <laughs> right, you know what I mean? Oh, now you get pension to help. Whatever the thing is that you wanted, you got right. What's what's 
the thing that I wanted to say that I smiled about when you said that is you're like, I'm on this show and for the last two weeks I've been, I realized I was in this weekend that I was in some depression. And I was like, somebody needed to hear that. Somebody out there who thinks once I get on the show that I'm not going to be depressed anymore. No. <laughs> you know what no, I mean? No, absolutely not. I mean, not no, I mean, I mean, the, the, look, there's, I mean, look, I haven't talked a lot about my show on the podcast. Right. Obviously, I haven't been on it a lot, but, you know, also the NDA, so I don't feel, I, so I'm, I, I'm afraid something might slip out Understood. about the, the what the show is. But I mean, but look, it's it's like, and I'll gladly edit it if you ever do. Yeah, too, but so. but it's, but it's like I was very excited to be on the show when it happened. I'm excited to be on the show now. Mm-hmm. But the thing about it is, there is just the like day to day of it that is um, that that you can't you can't anticipate. Like I was talking with a friend of mine. He's he's kind of a big uh, t- uh, film writer. He's not a movie made, but he sold a lot of stuff because mm-hmm. he lives up in the hills. Um, and uh, he just sold something to Disney. But he, but he had done TV about three or four years ago, five years ago. And he he had a terrible time. And he said, "I'm never doing TV again." But he's, <laughs> but now he's back at it because he realizes where the, where the industry is. Yeah. I said, "Well, I said I said you know the thing about it is." With like every panel that like I've been at. All the people I know who are like showrunners stuff like that, and some like the lower levels like that. There's a few things that like I've observed about being on a TV show that no one talks about. Oh yeah, and I'm kind of like you need to like like I feel like there's a huge like a book could be written or or like it's not even a boot camp. It's just like there's expectations of of coming in on a show as a staff writer. What does that mean? And then what do you think it means? And you think it's so exciting to be, uh, oh, I get to tell stories for a living. Yes, that is exciting. That is mm-hmm. very exciting. Mm-hmm. But you then start like there's there's the dynamics, the dynamics of the the dynamics of the 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 politics of the room, the politics of your show, are things that people don't tell about and maybe it's because they don't want to be talking out of school but i'm but i almost feel like you it can be talked about in a way where you're not um yeah, it can be general stuff it can be general stuff mm-hmm. but it's it's i mean like you know there's i i, I don't know there's certain things about like like this is something that's interesting right to me um there's the you know like there's the assistant the office assistant mm-hmm. they bring you food every day they all this kind of stuff every this and you're just kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, that's you know, and it's I mean, and like, and you walk around the office and like the the I mean, a couple of times, a couple of times, like I was on set and people were like, well, who who are you? I was like, oh, I wrote, I'm I'm one of the writers, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you you were treated much differently, you know. Mm-hmm. They just treat you like, oh shit, okay, well, uh, here's a context for you. You want to take this mm-hmm. chair? You mm-hmm. and I'm just I'm just like. I mean, like five minutes ago, right. you give me a side eye, like nigga, what do you like? What are you, like, what are you on the set? You know, because again, you know, every set I've been on, mm-hmm. even everything I've directed, when you come on and you're black, they think you're a PA. Mm. It doesn't matter what it is. 
you're the PA and, and until someone is uh, uh, is told differently. Yeah. And that, you know, and then you're looked at with a little derision because the thing about it, right? I come on set and I'm watching them work and I'm not doing anything. Right. And they're like, what's this black guy? it's not guy? your episode. It's not my episode yeah. at all. And they're like, what's this black person doing just sitting here chilling? Right. Like, Whose department is he fucking up? Because he's not doing it. He's not lifting anything. He's not carrying any makeup. He's right. not even like got like where's his walkie-talkie? Mm-hmm. It's like oh, you're the writer. You're oh, one of the writers, and it just it changes, mm-hmm. you know. And that's and 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 those are some positive dynamics that you you know that that you. It, I'm just telling you right now. But those are little things that like that mm-hmm. use the writer that people don't tell you, you know. And it's I mean, and obviously maybe if you're black, if you're not black. You know, you, you might get treated differently when you go on set, um, you know, because they might not assume that you're Well, you kind of said it. Yeah. I think a lot of white guys are going to get, what department are you in? And we're going to get, are you supposed to be here? <laughs> like, who There's are you? that, yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? There's you, a difference. Yeah. Are you supposed to be here? You know what I mean? You know, because you're not doing anything. Yeah. Like, you know, lo- like like your hands aren't dirty. You're not lugging shit. <laughs> I don't need Got to lug red shit. red vines all on your hands yeah. and shit. I don't need to lug shit. I've, you know what? I'm why you're here today. Exactly. I, you know, there's just, I mean, it is, it's just, there's, but just like, um, I think there's, a, you know, like, the, there's, like, how rooms work, you know, when there's beef with the studio, with, you know, the other writers, mm-hmm. there's just a lot that no one really talks about. And I think it's obviously because, it's gonna. It's such a small community, yeah. you know. So if I mention, well, there was a, some of my my staff I didn't like, and if you don't mention their name, but if you mention their title, someone could figure that out, yeah. you yeah. know. Um, so it's. But I, I, I don't know. I was trying to tell him. I was like, you know, it, there's just a lot about the that I feel. Because here's the thing: everyone when they start writing. Oh, I didn't take that back. When I started writing and stuff that I write, it's like. I want to write that stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And then it's, I mean, it took me like a month or two. And obviously, when my show was a little different in the Zoom because we weren't, and we weren't meeting every day, mm-hmm. but like to get into the, the mindset of, I don't have storytelling authority. And that is not, and you know, and the thing is that to get which is hard coming from the indie hard. world when you have all this. Uh, I know, yeah. And I mean, and it's not just me being like a writer. Like mm-hmm. if I was another writer, blah blah blah, it's one thing. But it's like I've been directing shit, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm like there, like supervising everything, like mm-hmm. in post. Like I don't like this font, you know, on the on, 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 on the fucking on, on, on the credits. Like exactly. let's change this. I mean, like there's a, there's there's a, there's a level of minute control that I have on the projects that I direct right. and obviously that's that, that's the job mm-hmm. right but it's but it, but it's like it's, it, it's a steering back of like hey you're not gonna be able to do any of that you know right. and I feel like you know I had the same problem yeah and I, exactly and I feel done. like <clears throat> you know like and I'm not disappointed or like disgruntled or or uh, or, or whatever or like ah fuck that why don't you give me more blah, blah, blah. it's like oh like like I had to get into that mindset mm-hmm. of like we can't I, I like I can't be this mm-hmm. I can't be because like I remember like when I remember one time the uh, there's like a there's a, a character on our show who's not who's not one of the series regulars but is in maybe um, four or five episodes mm-hmm. and showrunner <laughs> sent us uh, auditions and I was like oh here's what I would choose mm-hmm. fast 
Mm-hmm. And there's all this back and forth. Well, I like this. And I was like, uh-uh. I don't hear about any of that. This is who I would choose. Mm-hmm. And and the reasons why I would choose that, no one was saying. Mm. And I couldn't say the thing that I this was it was a woman, mm. and she has a uh, she has to, she has a um, uh, not an affair, but she has a relationship with with one of the younger men on our show, mm. and I was like, they're gonna have great on screen chemistry. Mm. She reads really well. She has great on screen chemistry, and she's the kind of person, actress wise, because you don't have a lot of time to meet someone in the show. Yeah. You might sacrifice for her. She looks that good, mm-hmm. and she can act. You know, mm-hmm. that was it for me. <laughs> that was it. Right. They were like, "Well, her read was." I was like, "She's gonna be good." She look at her. She did enough shit, mm-hmm. and she was good in the role. Mm-hmm. She wasn't like she like like it was all kind of neck and neck, neck and neck. But the other two people, I, 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 the other people, I, I was like, "Dude, wouldn't sacrifice for them." Mm-hmm. Now I couldn't say that. That might make me look like I'm, mm. you know, sex or something like that. Mm. And there's and there's more women. There's more women in my room than men, mm. you know. So it's like, well, I can't say that, you know. They ultimately went with her anyway, mm-hmm. but after a day of arguing. Well, it's funny. I was gonna say, and we'll wrap this up. I was gonna say that I recognize when I'm in a depression, and it's usually because something which you said a moment ago. All of a sudden, you're going to bed at nine o'clock. My routine shifts. You know, I go to the gym almost every day. I go, and I can't really work out. You know what I mean? I'm in there talking to my friends. You know, something's different. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm going there for 20 minutes as opposed to an hour. You know, I skipped over doing my abs. Like, something is not right. And I'm like, something's not right. Like, I can feel it. No, that's good. That's that's true. That's true. You know, because, like, I've been working out all in the last three weeks. I I went to to the gym today. Mm. I'm going to feel it tomorrow. Goddamn. That's why you got to go tomorrow if you can too, because <laughs> you got to push through it. And like a lot of people are like, oh, well, now do your legs since you did your chest. Dude. I'm like, do your chest again, because it's going to push you to get make it sore faster. And then all of a sudden you're going to be like, OK, I can do this again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. That's in there. Um, yeah. So for me, that's something I was thinking about is, is how you get into depression, even when it appears like your life is going great. You know, you got a show, you know, I'm out pitching, you know, shows with big producers, you know, all those things like that. I'm doing, I'm living the life I wanted to live, so to speak, but I'm waiting. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. I know exactly you know about. what I mean? And that's, that's the hard thing for me. And, um, you know, like you said, you, you got the Ronan, you know what I mean? And it's, it's, we haven't been able to, to shoot anything for a long time. So it's been a lot. Usually you and I shoot two or three things a year at least. So it's been weird. Of, I don't think we did anything since 2019, the end of it, you know, so it's, it would think you did one thing, but it's been weird for me to not be on a set, you know, I feel a little off, you know, so it's, it's just been a lot, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then I got all these movie projects that people want to do that we just can't raise the money. It's just like one thing after another. So I'm just kind of like, where am I supposed to be? Right. You know what I mean? And then, then the shows that I want to be on. You know, they're already bringing in some other co-EP or something, you know, to be on it. And and so it's just been like one thing after another. And, you know, I don't want to go back down again. I want to get one of these shows on that I'm working my fucking tail off on that I know we could sell. Well, you know? I, yeah, I, I mean, you know, I, I, I was talking with, uh, um, 
I was talking with, I don't know, I'm not going to mention his name, but he's, okay. he's, he's a big runner, a, a, a big TV runner the other day. Uh, last week, just some th- I'm going to get some thoughts about something. And I realized that it's like, um, uh, you, I, I, I think that just selling a project and if it, you know, it's like selling a project, it, it, it doesn't even have to get made. In the TV space, gets you a lot of mileage that someone like you, someone like me, who's not young in the career, mm-hmm. um, then you can get, like get these double bumps and stuff like that, you know, because that I think is where, um, uh, I mean, that's kind of where that's kind of where like that's kind of where like I'm bristling. Um, but, but but again, it's, I mean, that's just me. I mean, it's like, look, I mean, I mean, like we were saying earlier, it's like, you got, I mean, I have no more debts. Well, I have some yeah. debt, but like all my credit card debt and shit like that and all this shit is gone. I got my car fixed. Which, you know, exactly. it's been easy. There, was, there, was, there, was, there was all this crazy shit that was going on that was just like that, like that I couldn't get my life quite in order. Um, and then the show like has, has, has given me that opportunity mm-hmm. and I, um, I, I mean, so that's the good thing, but I think it, it goes with what you said. It's like, Oh, well you seem we have a, what, like what, a, what, what a lot of people want. Um, and, uh, and you're not enough. I remember the other day I was on a, just real, last thing is mm-hmm. it's like I was on a zoom call with some buddies of mine from college mm-hmm. And I was talking to them about catch up, and they go, "What is going on?" And I was like, "Oh, uh, oh, I, I was like, oh, I'm just a staff writer on the show, mm. you know." And then in the comments, they were like, "Just a staff writer." Some people worked their whole career and can't get that, you sure. know. And I was like, "Yeah, I, I mean," and I wasn't saying it dismissively, right. but I was trying to let them know. I mean, you know, because they've known me for a long time, they know that it's like I've done these movies and stuff, and they're like, "I mean, I'm not saying it's a step down, but I'm just saying it's because it, it's a lateral step." You know, but it's 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 different, um, and I could just tell from from their response that it's like they were excited that I had this, and I want to say, but I mean, not like you know, it's like I wasn't saying it dismissively. Like I just was trying to say it to kind of like temper everyone's expectations, right? You know, but but and it's like I'm not the one who's realizing like. Oh my God! People like work forever to get these situations and don't have it. I mean, I've told friends of mine before mm-hmm. when I get mad about stuff, and they're like, "Dude, but you've like sold movies." No. I was like, "Yeah, but they haven't been made, you know." So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, it's like the it's like the 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 goalposts keep changing, you know. And and you know that I relate to that, you know, being somebody you know who's also sold things or whatever, and you had things produced and then something fell apart and then the movie never came out, like whatever, you know. I have a movie as you know is about to come out next month that I wrote that I can't even use my name on. <laughs> I mean, there's like shit like that that happens all the time where, where you know, I always get this, but I don't get that. Yeah. You always get this, but you don't get that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So there's, there's, that's been my whole life. Like, and then, and then the other adage is we both have friends surrounding us every week that we see on our emails on the cover of Deadline with this new show, mm-hmm. on the cover of Deadline with this new show, you know, or this movie sold or whatever, blah, blah, blah. So it's like constantly 
in your face, reminding you that you haven't succeeded the way you thought you wanted to. Well, <laughs> you know what right, I mean? Right, right. It's mean, hard. And I feel like, you know, I'm not trying to, the, people might listen to this and go, oh, you guys are complaining, you guys are oh, no, blah, not blah, 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 blah. It's not about we that. We still love what we do. It's not about that, but I think it has to go back to what you're saying about what contributes to the depression. Because there's these expectations that you have, and and when you break through, it's like we said earlier. Like the first thing about the breakthrough with like with Chris Rock, it's like mm-hmm. once you break through, you have. I mean, like no one really comes to Hollywood to say, "I want to write movies and I want to sell them," but they never get made. Like that's not no. like that's not what th- that's what right. you're thinking, you know. So just you sold it. But when you realize the grind mm-hmm. and how hard it is, and even, maybe even just to sell something like that becomes like this: these small victories right. that I think, to a degree, you. I, I think to I think what it is is that because you're in the the the, the storm, you don't register the small victories, mm-hmm. and that is where. And because you're not celebrating those small victories. You know, that's where I think that also contributes to depression to a degree because you need to celebrate something. Like right. the, it's like you know, how, you know, how people always say if you sit around and save your money all the time, you'll fuck up in six months and just and, and just and just blow through it yeah. because there was no like small thing you kind of like gave yourself like, hey, yep. you know what? There's these five hundred dollars shoes I want to buy, and then like you know, and at, 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 at month three. You go, I'm not going to buy those. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, next thing you know, it's like month six and you buy five pairs like that. <laughs> right. And you're broke again. Exactly. Because if you just bought the one pair at month three, that little release would have, like, tied you over to maybe save for another year effectively. Yeah. So, but that's, I, that's exactly my motto. Yeah. Every check I get, I put about $1,000 into buying just a bunch of cool shit that I want and I don't touch anything else. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Put it right back into the bank and I'm not I'm not missing it. I'm not missing because I'm I see the cool sneakers that I bought. I see the, right. the cool little right. you know yeah. whatever it is that I got. So whether it's a thousand or five or whatever your budget can afford you, you know, use that and 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 don't go crazy. Get your car fixed. Get whatever those things are, but as soon as you go, "Oh no, I'm making, you know, this amount of money every month." You're fucking up. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You fucking up big time. Be like, oh, let me set aside this little three, four hundred to do this thing, you know, to go away for a week and I'm going to spend about a grand. I know it. You know what I mean? Whatever the thing is, but be calculating that stuff because you could go another two or three years and not work again. You know what I mean? Be anticipating that. And that's the thing that people forget because you and I both know people who year one went and bought a fucking condo. I'm like, what the fuck are you thinking? <laughs> you know what I mean? What do you... Well, no, I mean, I mean, I mean yeah, I, I mean, the, the whole, the whole. I mean, and and you know, the worst thing would be is is that you get that condo, don't work for two years, and have to sell the condo. Boom. How's that going to fuck you up? That's going to like put you in a real bad position. Yep. You know, like, like men- mentally, it'll mm-hmm. fuck you up. You know, because you didn't, because because you weren't thinking, and right. you were just like, I mean, like, there's a thirst for I want to get these things when I get when I get set. But getting that first job, giving it is that's, that's not having you set. Um, you just have to you just you just have to be smart, and you got to be self aware, and you got to be. I mean, that's the thing that I realized too. You know, it's like you know, I usually uh, uh, I meditate usually in the morning, you know. Right. But I haven't really been doing that since like February, and that's one of the things that I, again, like a routine thing, and like yeah. and then the build up and and the purpose of me doing that was just 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 to kind of center. A, mm-hmm. just to center my day and be more. Like so, I mean, these people who don't meditate. Like a lot of times, you meditate 
you're able to deal with the anxiety and the stress in a way it's, it doesn't go away, but you're, but you're able to like not let it overwhelm you. Well, it's like it's like getting a massage. <clears throat> you know, when you're all tense and then they relax you, now you feel like like you can yeah. breathe again, so yeah. to speak. You know, I mean, it's the same thing about yeah. clearing your, your conscience, yeah. if you will. You know, from all that. Na- it's not that it doesn't go away, but for the moment it does, and it allows you to think clearly. And yeah, and yeah, and and, <clears throat> and and address things with the proper right. perspective. Right. You know, because like I said, because when you're in the whirlwind. You are getting buffeted by all the damn oh shit and blah 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 blah. But you just, but the, but the minute you get into the eye of the hurricane, right. when it's calm, you can go oh here's the way out. Right. Or oh you know what I need to keep moving this way because that's where there's less damage, from, you know whatever it is. So indeed, indeed. yeah. Well, thank you, man. This was awesome. Um, really good to see you. Damn, it's been. A I minute. know it's been. I don't know how long. It's been a long time. Since I left you. <laughs> I don't even know how long. The last time I actually saw you in person was. It's weird because we see each other on, 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 on Zoom, Zoom almost every week. But I think the last time I saw you in person was, um, I, I you know what it was? It was March last year when I borrowed your truck to get that TV. Oh, damn. <laughs> like when the Rona was just starting. <laughs> <wasn't it>? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Anyway, so where where can people find you at, Chris? Where you people at? can find me at unauthorized CBD on Twitter and Instagram. Awesome, and I'm your host Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter, Instagram, fucking Clubhouse. I always say fucking Clubhouse. Um, <laughs> at Hilliard Guest, you guys can follow the show. <clears throat> screenwriters RR on Twitter. Any questions? Screenwriters Rant Room at Gmail dot com. Please go on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever you listen to. Give us a five-star review. We need that for the metrics. What else, Chris? What else we got? Uh, go to our website, uh, screenwritersrr.com, where you can uh, support the show through our Patreon link. You can buy item. Oh, no, the store is off because I'm trying to read. I'm trying to move everything over to uh, Squarespace. Okay. Uh, but But the link to support the show is still there. Um, and there, you know, and people, who, people who who've been continuing to support the show, particularly through the pandemic, we are so Indeed. so grateful for you, for your help and your support. And hopefully, once we once we migrate over to Squarespace, there'll be a lot more cool like merchandise and tiers and shit for for, for everyone to get involved. Actually, the tiers are on Patreon, so go to the website screenwritersrr.com and you can uh, get to the Patreon link from there <laughs> and support the show. Five dollars, ten dollars, like whatever you feel this is helpful for you, uh, you know, to you know to hear this information. Exactly. Thank you very much. We appreciate all that. Shout out to Lisa, Lisa Colt Jam. Hopefully, she'll be back soon. Um, by the way, we're taking off next week because Scott's like, let's just go somewhere. So okay. I was like, I'm not working. So I told Pamela, I'm done. I know we got some shit going on. I'm taking four days and I'm not going to do shit. Mm-hmm. So it's rare for me. Um, I'm sure I will, but you know my point. Um, anyway, Jonah and me, you know how we do it on the rant room. On the show, we keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, Chris? Wakanda, Wakanda forever. forever. Peace, y'all. Mama say what I feel. And I promise to keep it real. Welcome to the Red Room. So you 
wanna be a rider, well you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing, the doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed in the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerd has got no time for no kata Sass in class, yes they used to bowl a kaja Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel, say what you want Welcome to the Red Room. This episode of the Screenwriter's Rant Room is brought to you by the Tyrota Finish Line Social Impact Script Competition. It's back for a second year in a row. The competition will again celebrate film and television scripts that seek to raise awareness and inspire change regarding urgent issues with critical relevance across our society now, such as racial, gender, or economic inequality, climate change, drug addiction, the broken foster care system, gun violence, and much more. The competition especially encourages submissions from historically underrepresented writers. The Tyrota Finish Line Script Competition runs from January 18th through June 10th. Please go to Film Freeway and learn how to submit your script.